All right. Speaking of college football and the dogs, the latest college football top four playoff ranking came out last night. No changes in the top four. You get uh, the dogs, you get Ohio State, you get TCU, and you get Michigan and the fighting khakis in the top four. Uh, LSU, two losses creeping up to number, what was it, six, I think. But the the interesting uh, media discussion here is these are are TV shows, Steve. These aren't meant to be – um, they are the definitive rankings, but they're but they're meant to be something to draw people into watch leading up until the playoffs that you have to tune in at 7 or 8 p.m. on a Tuesday uh, to get the latest rankings and the latest information and then have at it uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, discuss it, you know, break it down to a fine powder on radio and TV programs like ours, and then Saturday you play the games. So – it's a good thing for us because it gives us more stuff to talk about, but um, we, we hope the average fan can see through the fact that uh, at the end of the day, this is a made for TV and radio thing um, just as much as it is them telling you definitively who are the best teams in college football. Yeah. And, and I think what there's something in each of these rankings that tells you that. And I think in this one, it's the fact that you've got LSU above USC, a nine, a nine and one team, USC at seven, LSU at six. And, you know, that's basically made for Pac-12 fans to kind of be up in their feelings and say that, oh, no, we deserve to be at six. We, you know, we need to be closer to that, you know, fourth spot to get in. LSU sitting there at six with two losses. But that is going to play itself out. And that's what the committee always does. They put teams ahead of other teams but there's always a scenario where it plays itself out because LSU and Georgia are obviously going to play each other. If LSU loses in the SEC championship game, that sixth ranking means absolutely nothing and they'll move down or wherever they are at the time. Things like that, I think are, that's what the committee does so well in getting people to talk about it and to have this kind of controversy in air quotes that, you know, in the first year or two of the playoffs, I don't think, people were able to fully grasp that concept. But I think now this far into it, I think I think the general population and in, in your casual sports fan are able to see through that at this point. Yeah, it's just funny when you have a week like this week too, because it's like, all right, get to your TVs. Nothing's changed. <laughs> it's like okay, but it's still an hour long. Yeah, it's still an hour long. So Whoever's doing it, Reese Davis, Jesse, uh, what's this handsome, handsome guy's name? Jesse Palmer, stand there and look pretty. Uh, Joey Galloway, talk about how you could still beat Tyree Kill in a 40. And, uh, you know, vamp, baby, vamp, because we don't really have much to talk about right now. Um, so it's it's still too far away to start really grinding down on who's going to win the national championship. But it's also too far into the season to be like, well, this team could leap seven people and get into the top because we're the sample size is too big at this point. Um, I don't really know. I mean, Oregon crapped the bet. I mean, you, who's left out there that is even a sneaky team that could – upset one of these guys and make it back in. Alabama has two losses. Uh, 
Would UNC be- is nine and one, but their only big win would be beating Clemson in the ACC championship game. And that's not, they're not going to be able Clemson to jump in like 12 what? to, yeah. yeah, or 13, I guess UNC is. So, yeah, I, I think, I don't really think there is that team this year. I think I'd be surprised if any team that's not currently in the top seven makes it in. So I don't think there's really a team to make that late season push to make it in there. Is Utah able, do they have one loss? Are they able to get the squeeze they away have, in here? They have two losses. Uh, and one I of mean, them was to a really bad Florida team that opening week. That's right. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't think oh, that was the in. brief Anthony Richardson Heisman campaign. I forgot yes, about that. Where everybody was that, freaking out saying, Oh, this is why Dan Mullen's on TV, not coaching. How can you not have started him? And then, Literally the next week, we saw exactly why. That lasted all of about five minutes. Um, the other college topic, I actually heard this this morning, and I didn't get to discuss this with you, um, but I definitely worth noting here since we're not going to be able to tape again until uh, next Monday. Um, I was hearing on an, on another podcast uh, on the Dan Levitard Show, which I'm a big listener to, and uh, they were discussing how they got some inside sources that – uh, there's a lot of rumors going around about Nick Saban's potential retirement uh, being either announced or speculated on for the first time, um, even though he is the number one recruiting class coming in this year. Um, and he has seemingly aged great. I mean, you look at him and you mentioned Mac Brown. I think they're the same age if you look at the two of them. Uh, that looks like two very different 70s uh, if you look at them. So I just wanted to bring that to your attention and kind of get your perspective on it because I, I I haven't heard that. I haven't read a single article that said he's considering it or that he's thinking about it. But um, I know one of the guys on that show uh, is really plugged into the college football world. Um, and he was saying that uh, through his inner – back channels that that's something that's starting to be discussed when it comes to jobs that are opening. They mentioned the Auburn job. Uh, Would a candidate take that thinking presumably, Hey, if I can ride it out, unlike Brian Harson for maybe three or four years, uh, I'll get a whole new world opening up to me if Nick Saban decides to walk away. So I thought, I just thought that was really interesting. That is interesting. The, I would be very much like the rest of you would be very surprised if that was announced, especially if it was, I'm retiring after this season. I think the only way that Nick Saban announces anything in terms of a retirement right now would be, I'm retiring three years from now, four mm-hmm. years from now. The, this, you know, the greatest era by any team in college football does not end with the surprise hey, I'm retiring with no plan. Alabama will have some sort of contingency plan or succession plan for when Nick Saban decides to, you know, to hang it up. And I think he'll give them enough notice to kind of kickstart that and to put that in place. Because right now, if he retires, you know, who's the big name coach that you think Alabama is going after? I don't really know, you know, off the top of my head, just, with this conversation, but I don't know that that name is instantly out there to say, 
this is a guy worthy of succeeding Nick Saban. I think they have to have the requisite time to identify that person and to, to kind of put that plan in place. Dabo. <laughs> Maybe that. Yeah. I mean, that's the name that's, that's been kicked around. I, there's something to me about Dabo that doesn't work at Alabama. I think. Coaching. He, yeah. I think he's been able to play on this. Uh, I think he's been able to play on this kind of little old Clemson thing, and he's built himself into a god in Clemson, South Carolina. Uh, I I don't see that kind of. I don't I don't see his personality fitting in necessarily at Alabama. Your guy Lane would want it. He would. I I don't think there's enough of a proven track record at this point to say that he's the guy that you know, that belongs there. Maybe that's me saying, Hey, stay at Ole Miss for another four years. And then yeah. be that guy, but you know, uh, I'm not sure that, that you I would think he would take the Auburn job. I do. Yeah, I, I, I do think too. the I things that he values when it comes to, you know, program resources and prestige and fan support, I think Auburn has all of those things. And while, yeah, they've had a few down years, I think, a turnaround at Auburn can happen a lot quicker than people think. I know they've been kind of a laughing stock the last few years, but get the right guy in there and, and you'll see what Auburn really can be again. They've also had, it's not incredibly recent success, but they've had more recent success there than a lot of other programs in the SEC. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, and I, I don't know. They, they have, they have options. They have a lot of money. Obviously, they've shown that they can pay buyouts left and right and all that. And I don't think they've even scratched the surface. They just opened a $90 million facility or something like that. Yep. So, again, I think Lane Kiffin values those kind of things. There's a lot that he loves about Ole Miss. I know that for a fact. But I know that there are things that he wishes were a little stronger, whether it's the NIL stuff or fan support. You know, all that kind of stuff will factor into his decision. I don't think he goes, but I think it's absolutely a, a possibility. We will uh, put our journalist hat on and keep an eye out on this developing story, keeping uh, the steakhouse and Dukes and Bell in mind here. All right.